Mr. Halloran said. It's just like pictures in a book, Candy. It isn't real. Come and play with us. Forever. And ever. And ever. Good afternoon. My guest today is Harlan Ellison. Welcome. You're not exactly a household name here yet. You were born in Cleveland, Ohio. You've been a lumberjack, a fisherman, a crop picker, a hired gunman, a truck driver, a cook, a salesman, an actor, editor, writer of novels, short stories and screenplays. And apparently you're also a generalised all-round gadfly to the establishment. What's more, say your publicists, you're five foot five inches, blue-eyed, dark and have an explosive personality, a devastating wit and the sort of almost frightening articulously, can't even say that word, that has made you a favourite guest on TV, chat shows. Now how would you see yourself? I'd wonder how they omitted mentioning that I was responsible for World War II. <laughs> I'd like somebody to write that about me, but they wouldn't. Um, tell me how you see yourself. My name is Harlan Ellison. That's H-A-R-L-A-N. I'm a writer. Call me a science fiction writer, and I'll come to your house, and I'll nail your pet's head to a coffee table. I'll hit you so hard your ancestors will die. I'll hit you so hard your grandmother will bleed. I'm a writer. There's no adjective in front of it. I'm just a writer. Yeah, he's like a skin graft on a leper, you know. He's, he's always there trying to, uh, to bring quality, you know. He's always been about that. When he wrote, like, The Glass Teeth, it was a great criticism of the death of television and the transformation of television into a medium versus media, that we, something that can transform versus something that's just to conform. There are people who would uh, sit and watch them drag books out of libraries and burn them in piles in the streets they would stand and watch uh, old ladies mugged to death by street gangs and they would not lift a finger. But if you were to take their TV away from them, they would be on the steps of City Hall with pitchforks and pump shotguns in five minutes. That is because nobody likes their dope taken away from them. And that's what TV is, it's dope. They look at you as if you have just said their grandmother was buttfucked by Adolf Hitler. You know, they, they, they simply they simply feel imposed upon if you remove that giant tit from their mouth. Well, people are stupid because they've got the handmaiden of television. Television is not like movies. Television is not like books. Television is not like anything but television. 
It's not like radio. Radio is wonderful. Radio, you create it in your mind and you can see it. You can make it just as, as colorful and as smart and as, and as opulent as you wish it to be. That's one reason people are stupid. They're just, they're not using their brains. You don't use a muscle, it atrophies. Isn't a part of life compromising, uh, playing the game, if you will, to achieve a goal somewhere down the line? Man, does, that, does, that is the excuse for all politicians. And that is the excuse for all the, all the little compromises that everybody makes in life. You know, I, I, I consider myself an enormously lucky person because very early on in life, I got put in a hard place where I had to find out whether or not I would give. Where you really have to make the decision and you have to go or no go, then you find out whether you've got it or not. And, and, and I, I did that, and I don't, I don't consider it any great mark of courage. It's just because I can't do anything else. You go a little berserk? Oh, I go very berserk. Yeah, crazy, so I go you very crazy. Berserk, sure. I get the crazy, sure. You, you, you have to. You have to, otherwise they, uh, they will kill you. They'll, they'll, they'll turn you into something very soft and squishy. I only care about the integrity of the work. That's really all I give a damn about. And I'll kill to keep those words that way. And I'll be damned if I'm going to let people mess with it. That's my religion. They believe that everybody watching television... Is a yummy. Is a yummy. Is an absolute cadote right off the hay rack, for crying out loud. That they haven't got the brains God gave them. And so they program lower and lower and lower. It does not seem to me to serve the common wheel to have endless hours of cop shows. There's cowboys who act like cops and doctors who act like cops, lawyers who act like cops and cops who act like cops. You could take a script from one show and put it on another and it would make no difference. And they pass through you those shows like beats through a baby's backside. Five minutes after, five minutes after you start watching anyone that got to you, did it? Five minutes after any one of those shows starts, you know the ending. You watch the first five minutes and then you shut it off. And then you turn on the last five minutes, you got the whole thing. Yeah. It's all there in it's front It's all of you. there. And and, and people's brains are turning to prune whip yogurt, for crying out loud. People need to have something that their brains can masticate, and they don't get it. And that's why I do it. It's, it's infuriating to me to see this kind of medium that's, that's available for such uplift, for such good things, even simple good drama, nothing even better, or good, good comedy, being frittered away, being used to, to sell toilet paper. You know, toilet paper is a nice thing, but if you don't have it, Use a Sears catalog, you know, there's always something else. The important thing is the preservation of art. And people, people are so afraid of the so word two art. interesting things to mention in the same sentence, bathroom tissue and the preservation of art. Well, I mean, Martin Luther believed a good bowel movement was the most uplifting thing a human being could he indulge did. in. Yeah. Well, you know why I worry? No. Because if I didn't worry, I would be saying that what I'm doing is not significant enough for me to be pushing. I, I don't believe that... Hum, humbleness is not... I try humbleness. God knows I've tried humbleness. You know, I really try. There are I, two great sins, false pride and false humility. I don't okay. wear it well. I just don't wear it well. I love what I do, and, I, and people have been so inundated with it for so long. It's like top 40 rock. There's so much garbage that the good stuff becomes noise. Hate mediocrity! But ranting about mediocrity isn't going to change it. But, well, hey, I, give me the bomb. <laughs> give me the no, bomb. No. no. No, the bomb won't change it. They'd build it all back again the way it is now. If one person is watching or 10 million are watching, don't you owe whatever audience you have your very best oh, they without, without worrying about numbers? It, you can't separate, Tom. There's in, it seems to me to succeed in the arts in America today, 
one has to have a schizoid personality. There's the artist who does the work with what balls I call clean hands and composure without compromises, okay? When it's done, then you say to the artist, thank you for having done a good job, go catch some sleep, and you bring out the rapacious businessman. I have nothing more to say. I mean, why should anybody sit and listen to me for God's sake? Life is not a John Wayne movie. There are not guys in black hats and white hats. That is not the way it works. It does take time to explain a complex idea. I think things come too easily. I think we, we sit and watch programs like this, where ideas are boiled down so that, so that a mongoloid could understand. And, and uh, uh, now we'll get letters from people who have children who are, you know, mongoloids saying you're a beast. Uh, I, I think that simplifying ideas too much distorts them. Now you're upset. No, I'm not upset. <laughs> I, I feel great upset. about it. I'm not upset, but I just don't know why every single blank has to be a confrontation. Because that's what life is. It is a confrontation. That is what life is composed of, an endless series of confrontations with the society in which one lives, with one's fellow man and woman, and with oneself. That is what life is all about. That's why you can never get rid of violence on television, because life is in to a greater or lesser degree, violent. And the intensity of the confrontation, the, the revelations of the human condition that come out of those confrontations is what makes enlightening drama, makes art for us. We, we, we can't keep getting our brains massaged. We have to have the confrontation so that when they come to us in real life, we have some, <clears throat> some well of information to go to. Did you want to do some commercials? Yeah, I really want to do this break now, and then we will uh, <laughs> say, get those loonies off my station. <laughs> oh, God, how terrible, how terrible. Uh, tell what happened the last time you were on the show. Yeah, the last time I was on the show, I got eggs thrown against my house by some pusillanimous little pismire. And I know you're out there, you egg sucker, and I'm going to get you. <laughs> you know I'm going to get you one day soon. You watching? Uh-huh. Why do people do things like that, I wonder? They don't like, they don't, they don't, they're frustrated. They don't it's okay not to like you. That's okay, yeah, isn't it? They don't throw eggs against your house. Say, hey, I don't like the way you think. That's Well, all. maybe they figure my coming in on their TV set is my version of throwing eggs at them. So I really can't get all that upset about it. I mean, it's just kind of dumb throwing eggs. I mean, if they really want to come embrace me, come face to face so that I can, you know, pull off their nose and stuff it in their ears. <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is my way of saying... <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> right, Thank sure. you, America! Care enough to give you the very best. Right. Uh, well, we're out of time now. It's been an awfully fast hour, and I want you to come back in a couple months, and we'll do this again sometime. Okay. Next time I come back, can I tell you how I found out I was a star? Yeah, and I want to tell you something. You know what's good about doing this? Ventilation. Yeah. Ventilation never hurt. <laughs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. You all kept your head on a swivel, and that's what you got to do when you find yourself in a vicious cockfight. Well, I see myself as a writer. I'm a professional liar. I would call you a science fiction writer. Now, is that exactly what you are? No, that is exactly what I'm not. Uh, the problem is that it's one of those instances of so uh, something that waddles like a duck, quacks like a duck, sheds water like a duck, but isn't a duck. Um, I take contemporary events and kind of look at them through the lens of fantasy and, and, and see what they really mean in, in mythic terms, which sounds terribly pompous, but it isn't. I, I just really tell stories. I would, I've read your stories and I got very disturbed by them. 
and I like them very much. They have got a lot of violence in them. There is a lot of violence in the world. Mm. Now, you do describe things, though, sometimes in such a way that almost makes me squeamish. That isn't what violence is all about. Violence is, is painful, it's, uh, it's full of blood, it hurts people, it kills people, and I think when you lie about it, when you pretty it up, uh, you lead people to believe that it's possible to go around shooting each other and punching each other and stabbing each other with impunity. And uh, my stories are intended to have a very pronounced emotional effect on people and that something that seems incredibly evil in one period of time can be merely ludicrous in another. But you know, you say your stories are not science fiction, but I would have defined them a little bit like that, because for one thing you set them in often a ruined world, a, you know, a crumbled world. Mm. You often set them in, in a sort of way in our civilization, but you seem to be warning us that civilization is horrid, or it's beginning to be horrid, or that there are signs in us of some decay. No, well, I quite, I, that's what I believe. I've, uh, I've spent a good deal of time in, in cities, uh, in, in a number of countries, and they're all the same. Cities are basically dehumanizing. Cities are basically bestial. They turn people into, uh, into animals. Uh, there's very little joy, very little light, and very little love. And I guess what some of my stories are saying is if you persist in cramming people like rats into a maze, they will inevitably go mad and chew each other to pieces. And uh, in that way, I suppose they are cautionary tales. Uh, because you are an American, I did read your stories more as a criticism of America. I mean, maybe you are criticizing the world, but in specific terms, I think you sometimes are saying very cruel things or accurate things about America, am I right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. Uh, it's, no one bothers to mention the terrible and awful things that have been done in the name of patriotism and in the name of uh, founding a country. I think after a while people get to praise themselves too much and they lose sight of the fact that they, uh, they have the same core of nastiness that, uh, that everyone has. This is this course. Welcome to this course.